FanDuel presents Sunday Victories. Four seconds to go in the first half. Snack assessment? Bleak. All salsa, no chips. As host to a room full of hungry fans, it's your duty to get to the store and back before the second half kicks off. So you throw on your running slash lawnmower and shoes and think back to the time you ran an eight-minute mile in high school. Your feet move with a weightlessness that you will certainly feel tomorrow. At the store, you grab seven bags of chips and silently thank the genius who invented self-checkout. Tap in your reserve, you run home and dive onto the couch. A clean 15 on the clock. You bet, and you won in the game of life, my friend. Now, if you want to bet on the game of football, try FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet and get up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. I'm almost late on that. We got 20 seconds. Can we get this done? Let's see if we can. And uh, pissing me off, Dave. I love that, Evan. I do. I love it. Uh, Blue Cruise, good to see you. And Jeff Swenson, nice to have you back. Do me a favor, everybody. Let's get our horns up and let's rock. Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do me the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a great show ahead for you tonight as our Keith Andrews brings in the Wu Train right into dock here for the ET Connection where we get everything extraterrestrial Going on with Keith tonight. Dirty Filth is in the chat room and doing a cartoon as well. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Swamp Dweller has another spooky story for us. Tim Senor brings us the UFO report. And Shirky Poo has the news. Near the beginning of each month, our Keith Andrews from Kelowna, British Columbia, comes on in to talk about everything extraterrestrial in a segment we call the ET Connection. Keith has been doing this for over seven years now, month to month to month to month. And you know what? His numbers just keep getting bigger and bigger because people love hearing what Keith has to say when it comes to everything weird, strange, and extraterrestrial. Now, you may not believe Keith in all of his experience or his his knowledge. He already knows that. But 
if just one thing is right that Keith says, and one thing is the truth, even though he's always telling the truth, then there is something very, very strange that is going on in our world today. Our Keith Andrews, it's always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio, my friend. How you been? I've been busy. It was a hectic day today. Ended up being out in public way too long. And, of course, as you know with me in public, my nerves went out the window, and I ended up not even able to hang on to a cup of coffee, which, by the way, is bad news for me. Well, that's not too good. Now, uh, our YouTube audience will have seen this. Our radio audience will have not. I did something today that I haven't done in a couple of years. I got my hair cut. Yep. I had about uh, eight inches of hair taken off, maybe longer. And I figured out what I'm going to do with my hair, Keith. You're going to make a puppy. No, no, something better. For every fan who comes to our Las Vegas party, May 19th to 21st in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Golden Nugget, I'm going to give them a strand of my hair. It may not be much. It may not be much, but you could have your own piece of Dave DNA by showing up at the SOR fan party in Las Vegas. You know, Dirty Filth, I know, our cartoonist, he's he's bald as a bowling ball. He will definitely, definitely put that one on top of his head. He'll glue it on there. I know he will. He might even ask for a second strand just to cover his ears. But I'm telling you, it's going to be great, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what I'm doing with it. you got to come to Vegas to get one strand of my hair. And trust me, it's beautiful hair, people. It really is. It's beautiful hair. That's next May? Obviously, it would have to be next May because it can't be this one. May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. We're going to have more details coming up here very, very soon. And by the way, that weekend will be just days before my 50th birthday. So I want to make sure there is as many people there as possible. We're going to have one big Dave party there. We are. Yeah, You know the funny part from my end? Conical part there is it's only the 19th is only a week after my 60th. Exactly. So you need to be there too. Well, from what I rumor has it that the restriction to travel via air is over the or across the border, never mind by air, has apparently been lifted. Well, Whether or not that is true or not, I haven't looked into. Yeah, well, it's getting there. It's getting closer, and we're going to be able to do this very, very soon, I do believe. So uh, we're going to make it happen, Keith. Keith, there, we always get listeners each and every uh, week or month that come on in. They may not be familiar with you. They may not be familiar with our show and sometimes the weirdness and, and you being the captain of the Wu train here. But l- let's talk about this, Keith. I mean, you are a lifelong ET experiencer. For people who may not understand what's that like, what is it like? Well, the the difficult part is what most people consider consider the the abnormal, you know, the real strange side of it, or what people refer to as the woo, that is what I call normal. I have no idea what it's like not to deal with the with the off worlders, not to deal with with alien phenomenon. You know, the the first time that I that I came across it, 
um, when I when I first had cognitive conscious re- recollection of it, I had remembered something that I managed to track a track a lady down that was on the military base that I was living on at the time to confirm the events that I could recall. Now, of course, everybody that knew that knew me back then is at this point pretty much dead. You know, there's still a few people that are, are my age that are floating around, but the adults that were there are all gone. You know, but it really boils down to what you consider strange to me is just day-to-day life. You know, it's, you know, running into an off-worlder or recognizing one, understanding I split the off-worlders and the aliens into two groups. Off-worlders, meaning they were born, they originated off of Earth. And then you've got your ancient races, which are the ones that actually evolved on Earth. And rest assured, a lot of what we call of what we call mythological beings, or many of the people that we refer to as gods. Okay, and understand, I'm a firm believer in God. But the aliens that showed up, like for instance, the Nordic gods, well, the gods that the Nord that the Norsemen, the you know, the the Romans um worshipped, that the Greeks worshipped, that the Egyptians worshipped were not, in, in in reality, they were not actual gods. They were, however, so far advanced technologically speaking and or mentally speaking as to be able to do things that defied understanding by humans. And quite frankly, still does. But, you know, I look at it going, okay, you see somebody, and it doesn't matter what gender, what nationality, what skin color you are, I look at all people the same way. You know, even to the point of the animals that I, that I work with here. And yes, I realize my life sounds more like science fiction than anything else. You know, but it, it's just a normal thing to be picked up in the evening. I went out one night. Now, I've got, I have a son that still lives with me. I got off shift and went outside for work, outside to take the garbage out. When I come in and back in, because he had asked if he could stay out. You know, if he could stay up until I got back in from the garbage, I said, yeah, go ahead. Well, when I came back in, he'd already gone to bed. The next morning when he gets up, he comes running out and wraps his arms around me. He goes, Dad, you came back. I said, well, yeah, I just went to the garbage. He says, Dad, I stayed up until 2.30 in the morning. You weren't in the house. Did you get taken last night? I looked at him, I says, well, yeah, but I said, says, I've told you that for years. It happens twice or three times a week. He says, yeah, but dad, I didn't believe you. Now, I go walking outside, I'll look up, he goes, problem, dad? I says, we got company. And he'll just, without even thinking about it, he goes, oh, you're being taken tonight. eh?" (laughs) And it's just a normal thing around here. Okay, and yeah, I realize explain that. that ex- explain that as being normal life, because most people don't think being taken by aliens is normal life. Probably not. You know, um, when something becomes normal when it happens so frequently that it's just commonplace. You know, for for most people, it's normal to get up at seven o'clock in the in the morning or six o'clock in the morning to go off to do a day's job. For me, it's normal at one o'clock at night to crawl into bed and, you know, and either get taken or, 
or get removed earlier before I get into bed and end up spending half my night out in some other galaxy. And no, I am not one of these people that can go, here's the coordinates for where you for where I went. But then again, if if I know Dave knows this, I will get lost in a heartbeat in my own city. You know, so trying to find my my way anywhere just doesn't work. Very true, very true. Our Keith Andrews is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Keith, let's get right to some audience questions because we love the audience participation during this show. Start off with Thomas here who is asking, what about ETs born on Earth, Keith? Um, Well, there definitely are some. As a matter of fact, I can tell you right now there are a great number of Vulcans that are born on Earth. Okay, but understand, Vulcans are not pointy-eared, green-blooded hobgoblins as in the original Star Trek. Vulcans are a crystalline race who actually uses Earth as a nesting ground, much like the much like the sea turtles of Earth do, and the and the salmon. They go and the salmon. They go to different places to to lay their eggs, as it were. When you look at the Crystal Caves, one of the best ones, okay, one of the best cavern configurations on Earth that I'm aware of is the New Mexico, is the Crystal Caves in, I think they're in New Mexico, where they have six-foot crystals, you know, six-foot double-terminate crystals that, that grow there. These are what Vulcans actually look like. But on Vulcan, they get up and move around. Okay, this is one of the reasons why crystals work so well as a communication system. Yeah, you know, when you take actual crystals, like not every not every crystal. Do I have one? No, not every crystal is a is a living crystal, but there are many that are. I think, and I'll go down back and see if it's where I, where I think it is. I may have a singing crystal in my house here. Well, I know I have one. It's just a question where I put it. But there, you'll have grays that are not, not full-blown grays, but some hybrids are born here. The one race you will never find born on Earth is a purebred Pleiadian. They will never let them be born on Earth because a Pleiadian cannot survive in Earth's atmosphere. All right, let's move on to another question here. This one coming from Lara. Are there any of them from off-world planning to return in mass in the very near future? Not that I'm aware of. and the, But I am aware that there is a definitive doctrine in the with the with the uh, galactic consortium right that says you're not to do it because if they were to show up on mass the entirety of of civilization as we know it the entire backbone of the belief structure would collapse and what their what their intention is is to watch it evolve not to watch it decimate itself You know, there are a number of races that are here and frequently drop people off and then pick them up later. But a mass, a mass, um, if you will, a mass revelation 
is not in the offing from anybody I've talked to, aside from humans that have this brilliant fear that they're going to show up here and, and take over. Well, rest assured, that's about as far outside the, the functional path. All right, let's continue on with questions from our audience. Adam Lane is asking, what does our Keith Andrews think about modern airplanes cloaked as UFOs? Natural evolution of technology. Humans are so wrapped up in fear that they're capitalizing on it by making either by by private people working with high tech in order to make a in order to make a little bit of a of a spark, you know, that 15 minute of fame thing. Or you're dealing with the military going, let's make a cloak ship so that you can't see us so that it's harder to spot. Problem is that works great with Earth technology against Earth technology. But people are under the misguided understanding that that technology will stop off-world, off-world sensing. And rest assured, the technology is so far beyond Earth that there isn't a prayer it'll work for the way that the movies tell you. How come? Well, if you take a look at the fact that most of the off-worlders use a, use a sub-quantum biomagnetic flux holographic interface, and humans are still using a binary system, it's like trying to plug an abacus into a modern computer and hoping it'll work. Right. You know, the technology is just so far beyond what, what human can handle that it's just not compatible at this point. Makes sense. All right, let's move on to another question for you, Keith, as we do full audience participation on tonight's show with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Logan is wondering, how many humans have lived as ET in a past life? I'm just, it's, I'm just ballparking it, but I would rough... Now, understanding, current population just topped 8 billion, according to the, according to the internet. And with that in mind, I would be inclined to say that roughly 8 billion humans have lived a past life as one in one off-world or another. You know, this is just one option that people have. It's not a question of, of this is the only place that humans go. Okay. So do you think that many of us would have had, uh, if, if life is or the soul is eternal, that the majority of us then would have had a turn at, you know, having a, uh, been aliens? Absolutely. There is no doubt there at all. I've run into many people that are still so tuned into their last in, to their last off-world off-world incarnation that they still see themselves as members of that race, although they are still in every other form physiologically human. But their their brain hasn't caught up with it. All right, let's continue on and welcome in Doug Shelby is finally here. The Doug Shelby has officially arrived in our chat room. Yeah, we have to make that announcement quite quickly here. Let's go to YJ Overlander. 
Our Keith, have you heard any word from ETs regarding their long-term goals for post-disclosure, like for joining society once people know? Oh, that, there's all kinds of plans for it, and there's all kinds of protocols to follow. Once it is, and once it is known, um, they will simply open the doors and go, okay, now we will bring you into the consortium and give you options of getting on the council. But in, in the meantime, they will integrate humans into the consortium, into that entire galactic setup, into the galactic family, if you will. You know, they'll also end up bringing their education up much higher to be able to handle the technology and the different equipment that is necessary to be able to to function with the other races. Now, do understand, even once that happens, many of the races will not be able to interact with humans because humans are, well, from the off-world standpoint, fragile. Fragile in what sense? You break easy. You're easy to repair, but you're far easier to destroy. I can see that. I can see <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah, I can see that. I can't even argue that one. I can't even argue that one. All right, Keith, we got three and a half minutes before we got to go to break here on the ET Connection. Let's continue on here and let us go to Vaughn. Keith. Can a person elect to be taken permanently by a friendly alien race? And are you aware of people doing this? Hundreds of thousands go missing every year. There are number number one, is it possible? The answer is yes. Is it common? The answer is no. Okay. Um, very few people, the first thing you got to realize is for somebody to be accepted in that, there's a lot of protocols that the, that the off-worlders insist on, not the least of which is trying to help a human understand that if you take this road, you're not coming back. This is not a decision that can be made lightly. So it's not like you get taken the first time and go, gee, I'd like to carry on with you. The odds of that happening are slim to non-existent. But does it happen on occasion? The answer is yes. More often than not, what ends up happening, if they don't get returned, is somebody picked them up for dinner and that was what they ended as. FanDuel presents Sunday Victories. Four seconds to go in the first half. Snack assessment? Bleak. All salsa, no chips. As host to a room full of hungry fans, it's your duty to get to the store and back before the second half kicks off. So you throw on your running slash lawnmowing shoes and think back to the time you ran an eight-minute mile in high school. Your feet move with a weightlessness that you will certainly feel tomorrow. At the store, you grab seven bags of chips and silently thank the genius who invented self-checkout. Tap in your reserve, you run home and dive onto the couch. A clean 15 on the clock. You bet, and you won in the game of life, my friend. Now, if you want to bet on the game of football, try FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet and get up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Permitted Paris only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. 
Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code 15. Okay, there are a number of cases where the people that are going missing don't actually ever leave the planet. Okay, because there's something else on this planet called wormholes. And there have been many reported cases where somebody will disappear from one from one continent, show up on another with no memory of who they are. And then they just simply take up life where they are. You know, so everybody that goes missing has not been taken by any stretch. No, and I can understand that and I can see that. You know, I'm I'm just curious, what would, as we've got about a minute to go here, Keith, what would constitute aliens taking a human for ever? What would constitute something like that? Is it health? Is it knowledge? It, it is usually knowledge, and you have to have absolutely no prejudice. If you've got any prejudice at all, they will not take you on a permanent base. Okay, not from a voluntary standpoint. Because there are way too many times that if you've got any prejudice at all, it will come to light very quickly with the other races. At which point it's a death sentence for the individual, you know, for the human. You know, one of the one of the other things that we have to realize is that until mankind starts seeing everybody on the planet as a um, you know as a member of the same species as somebody that is equally of value on this planet, until the society gets to that point, okay, and I'm talking the major majority of them, not every individual. Until that happens, they aren't going to start taking, the, they aren't going to open the doors to start with. But the individuals, more often than not, it's not just the, it's not just the health. You would have to be healthy. Keith, we're going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to go to break here at the top of the hour, make that bottom of the hour. Our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection hanging on out with us tonight. Your questions, my questions. All about extraterrestrial phenomena right after this on Space Now Radio. There we go, Keith. We are free. Good. I'm going to take 10 seconds and go fill my coffee. You go. Actually, I will. Be right back. Yeah, no problem, buddy. No problem. Good start to the show, people. Great start. Samantha Hazelwood Gray's birthday. The Doug Shelby is here, which means we can officially do the show. We started it unofficially, you know, but wow, that's a a good sign. All right, we got, you know, a bunch of new people in our chat room, which is wonderful. Thank you. Don't forget, if you are new, Hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. West Coast Dogman, how you doing, man?
Pete Leibel, good to see you. M. Dragomod, it's been a while. Where have you been hiding? The Vivster, the Vivinator. I like the Vivinator. Sounds badass. Yes, I, I did cut my hair, Nicholas. I did. I couldn't compete with your young, beautiful locks anymore. Dirty filth. Let's see what you're uh, doing here. What am I doing here? Well, let's take a little looky poo. Push the wrong one, Dave. Oh, I'm just, you know, drawing swamp gas. Stuff like that. Oh, I love that question, Melinda, Melissa Clark. Hi, Melissa Clark. Welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, Tombstone, welcome. Uh, oh, a little black triangle action. Yes. Big I actually had a weird dream about this, and I, I was like, hey, i got to put that into a cartoon. So, And we are back. Hi, R. Keith. Hi, R. Keith. Hey, how we doing there? Well, we wish I had a pizza, but otherwise good. You always want a pizza. Yeah. You're like you're like I know I'm starving. You're like Garfield and sp- and lasagna, man. Yeah, pretty See, much. That's why that's why I pick up the pizza pops here. I keep them in the fridge. In the I keep them in the freezer here. It's they're not as big as pizza, obviously. I don't own a microwave. You don't own a microwave? No, I do not. I think McCain's well, pizza yeah. is the grossest. Uh, close. <laughs> Yo. What's blob? Yeah, I would. Sorry, sorry, whiskey's grumpy pants. Oh, that's whiskey tonight. Yes. There's a plethora of cats here. A two isn't a plethora. Well, the amount of fluff that I get off of them, I could basically True. make an army of cats. Uh, oh, just lacquer one. If you just lacquer them, they won't land. They won't shed as much. Uh, Doug Shelby, the Doug Shelby, is asking, "What did I do with my cut-off hair? I have it upstairs, and like I said, I will be donating one strand to everybody who shows up at the SOR Vegas party. That way, you all get a piece of my DNA. One strand." Per household, well, per person. I have enough per person. Never mind per household. May 19th to 21st. Filthy may get two. Filth, I think two of my strands of hair could cover your whole head. I'm just saying. Does it come with a certificate of authenticity? I, I will autograph each strand, yes. Thank you. It's getting cold. Hi, Teresa. How are you? Mm-hmm. Let's see who else has arrived here that I haven't said hello to. Keith, we got some really, really good questions here coming up, man. A bonus. Yeah, those are always the fun ones. Yeah, really good questions tonight. And I even have a question after what happened to me uh, two weeks ago, Keith. Oh, yeah. Bring your laminator to oh. Vegas, Kira. We'll laminate each strand. 
you know, if you, if you think about it, Dave, uh, Dave, you being the host, you kind of have, have dibs on questions. Oh, true. Although that would go really sideways if you were the one doing all the questioning. Very true. Let's say thank <laughs> you. Let's say thank you to Ob Flett, the symbol dude, Vaughn, Carl, Flash Forward, Thomas, and Mark for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love. The super chat is a wonderful way to support what we do. Hi, Godfather. How you doing? And Les Paul Holland, thank you for joining us. And uh, we're going to get going right now, everyone. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Wherever you are on this planet, thank you so much for tuning us on in. We really do appreciate it. Want to remind you that all of our archives are free by going to youtube.com forward slash Space Down Radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedownradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. We're taking audience questions right off the bat here. Keith, iVoices is asking, who is your favorite serial killer and where do they go when they die? Well, favorite I've used a little loosely. The one I would have loved to have had a chance to talk to while he was still alive was Charles Manson. Okay, but ironically enough, they don't all end up in hell. It depends on what their reasoning was and what they still have to learn. Hell or heaven is, it literally boils down to a belief structure from their standpoint. If they believe they're going to heaven, then quite honestly, some of them are rather disappointed. But you got to remember, Serial killers are simply another group of people. And frankly, some of them are not exactly human. Okay. Um, but the the one I really w- would have liked to have talked to would have been Charles Manson. Did I, you know, did I worship him? Not even remotely. Okay. But did he have a mind that would have been wonderful to pull apart? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, the popularity is right out there right now because of the uh, popularity of the of the series on uh, Jeffrey Dahmer right now and his disgusting acts and breaking it down, you know, from uh, the time he was on the street killing people as a young boy right until his death in prison. So, you know, there's a lot of intrigue and interest in that right around now. Okay, let's move on here to another question from our audience, and let's go to Raw Umber. Are vampire myths from the past just misunderstood alien abductions? Good question. Um, it's a great question. Uh, misunderstood, yes. But vampires, as in your shadow walkers, are not a, they're not an alien infestation. They are an evolutionary, what humans would call an evolutionary aberration. And they are still very much alive today. 
you know, but are they misunderstood? Certainly. Because they're not, the reality is they are not just bloodthirsty individuals. You know, do they drink blood? Certainly. Um, are they highly, highly allergic to sunlight? Yeah. And garlic definitely has some problems with them. But you got to remember, garlic is an antibiotic. And that makes the, that makes the shadow walkers rather susceptible to it. However, one of the mythological things that is completely off-kelter is holding a cross in front of them will only work if that shadow walker was a believer in, in Christ and in the power of the cross before he became a shadow walker. It's not a question that anybody with a, with a real strong belief in that cross will help. Although it is a nice thought. All right, let's move on to another question here. And this one comes from Blue Crew. Uh, where am I here? Uh, let's get to Elliot here. What is hidden in the Antarctic? <laughs> well, <laughs> quite a lot of things, not the least of which is an access point to what people are referring to as inner Earth. Okay. It's also got a neat little transitory jump point from from Antarctica to the North Pole, where you can just go from one end of the cow of the world to the other. And then, of course, I know they only they just recently discovered a discovered a um, airplane from I think the mid fifties or the the earlier mid fifties that went down and got buried, and it's just recently been uncovered. But I think the thing they're talking and that they're that people are most concerned about is the access point. Okay, okay, all right. Well, let's uh, move on to the next one. Blue Cruise is asking: Have any of the ETs ever spoken of or explained the holographic universe? Yeah, but you're not going to like the answer. The holographic universe is not a is not a it's not a universe. Basically, it is what you would call a holodeck. It is something that they have played with that they do implement. But humans came up with the idea when they saw this thing that that was the reality of it. And then, of course, science fiction got in, involved, and now all of a sudden we've got this great idea that that whole thing out there is a hologram. Used to sell really well back in the back in ancient Greece when they were talking about those are just pinholes in the night. Right. Same idea with the holographic with the holographic universe. You know, so I mean it is it's one of those things that that the off worlders, many of the different races that are somewhat humanoid in, in appearance, especially people like your like your um um, just pulling a complete the Mobians. There we go. I pulled a complete blank on the name. Mobians like watching watching humans debate this whole idea of the holographic universe. It's kind of for them along the lines of a sitcom. Makes sense. Let's have some fun here. Let's get to our next question on Space Now Radio. Noble Patrick is asking, 
Who is mutilating the cows? Would you believe me if I said the cow eaters? Um, quite honestly, there's a number of them. There's a number of different races that are doing it. And the reason for it is quite literally, there, there's a twofold reason. One, they're going after reproductive and, um, and, immune, and immuno, immunity systems to take a look at what is making the corporeal, the carbon-based corporeal entities on this planet function. Cows just put up less argument and cause less, less of, a, of a, shall we say, legal problem as far as trying to cover it up than mutilating humans and leaving the bodies behind. Well, you add a little bit of garlic, some salt and pepper, and it tastes pretty damn good, too. Well, yeah, I won't argue with you there. Personally, I prefer blue. I, I'm a medium rare kind of guy. Medium rare. But that's okay. That's okay. Keith, I want to go over something that happened to me here in the last few weeks at my gifting site. And this is where I like to come to you for knowledge. Normally, I, I talk about this stuff behind the scenes with you because I don't want to take up too much audience time. But the audience already knows this story. So I figured I would bop it off your head as well. So at my Sasquatch gifting site a few weeks ago, let's go back four weeks. We had fairies in, you know, popping up in the trees. Go back yes. go back the following week, we had a couple of UFO sightings, including a triangle appear in the sky. And that damn triangle, Keith, it knew I was trying to photograph it because the minute I went to take my phone out of my pocket, its two bottom lights disappeared. Yep. Right. It knew. It knew. Following week, we go back. We have a bonfire out there, set up the lawn chairs. Nothing strange happens. You know, we see count dozens of satellites, get to have a great view of Elon Musk's Starlink flying over. Go back the following week. This is now two weeks ago. Right. And Keith, the minute we turned up our logging road, to go to our area. Everybody in my vehicle was on alert. I was seeing pareidolia of alien grays absolutely everywhere in the forest. You know, I would, you know, I have my high beams on going up there in the evening and I see what looks to be gray a gray head in a tree. You know, when I get close to that tree, I can see it's just the outline of the branches and the pareidolia that is, you know, following up. This happened seven, eight, ten times on the way out. Right. Get out of the vehicle. We finally get to our spot. Get out of the vehicle. All three of us are feeling something extremely negative. And my buddy Mark has a telepathic message come through him that says, if you take your gun out of the vehicle there's going to be trouble. And I left for 40, we were there for about 40 minutes until my partner said, we got to leave. It's time to go. Okay. And that's when we packed up, never let my boy out of the vehicle, never stopped the vehicle, kept the doors open just in case we had to run in. And none of us wandered 20 feet past the vehicle. Right. What the heck do you think was out there? 
best bet with that kind of with that kind of negative energy, you were likely looking at Maldockian hunters. And you're going, what the? <laughs> you know? um, basically, if you've got fairies, if you've got fairies and and the Sasquatch in the area, and we I, the reason I can safely say the Sasquatch in the area is because you're out at a gifting site, and you're well known, so they don't have a problem with you. The Greys would have been there to take a look at what was going on. Moldakians still do not follow protocol. Oh, okay. Much as the Teklak are known to take people for dinner, they don't, won't do it blatantly. Moldakians come in hunting for them. Okay. I mean, these are not people you wanna that you want to deal with. Okay. But that's your best bet with it being that high a, a red light, you know, a red alert type thing. You're likely joking and looking at them. I'll tell you, we were freaked out, Keith. We were completely freaked out. Yeah, not surprising. Um, let me see here. I think I got something for you, just for the, especially for the people that haven't seen. Uh, row, where are we? Keith, uh, could it could it have been just part like the pareidolia that I was seeing? Could that have just been full imagination because I was feeling things that were weird and strange? Apparently, I don't have that. Um, the when you're talking about seeing the grays in the trees, that's definitively paranoia. Okay, and as you saw, it's the shapes of the trees and what have you. And yeah, that part of it, absolutely, I have no doubt that was amplified. Okay, and it probably set you up for an enhanced issue around the fear but paranoia itself about being watched doesn't always doesn't tend to come with abject fear like what you your family rushed through breakfast all week so this weekend slow down and do breakfast big really big grab a can of pillsbury grand cinnamon rolls to make one giant cinnamon roll that's soft gooey and big enough for the whole family it's so easy to prep even little hands can help Seeing this breakfast treat come out of the oven is almost as fun as eating it. Almost. Pick up a few cans of Pillsbury Grand Cinnamon Rolls next time you fill your cart and visit Pillsbury.com for recipe inspiration. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. We're going through. That usually comes from, from one of two things. Either the Moldakians, which give that off to start with, or, and if this were the, if what I'm about to say were the case, one of you would already be dead. Okay, if you had actually had Noontar coming looking for for one of you, you'd have already been dead. We did feel which like, is why we can rule them out of the equation. We did feel like we were being followed out of the forest for the first couple. That would be the Moldakians for the first couple of of kilometers. Now, Keith, one one other thing I want to I want to just make mention of this little incident 
that that we had was the idea that Robin McRae, who is a you got to meet her. You would absolutely love her. She, uh, I, I got to know her through Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio, and she is a very highly intuitive person who specializes in communication with with Sasquatch. And right. So she had stated to me as well that she felt that there was alien energy as well in the area. And that at times Sasquatch will protect people by putting up a a defensive measure much like what we felt. Okay, to get us the hell out of there so nothing happens. Because I was there last weekend and right. the energy did a complete one eighty. No fear. What? We were walking around you know, hanging on out, having a good time, like nothing ever happened, man. Nothing. That and she is right. What and that that um barrier you're referring to is a fem is pheromonal is a pheromonal thing that they do. And it is literally a protective thing to protect their area. Because they like people like you that are going up there respecting the area, respecting the people. Right. They love them coming up. It's just most humans are not are not that open, so they will do what they can do to keep you away if there's a problem. And much as the greys are not a threat to humans, they are still an interference. Right. Well, it is kind of weird. It is kind of. I won't argue that. Going back tomorrow. Going back tomorrow. Have to. Have to check it on out. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. Uh, that's enough for me here. I, I think I got what I needed out of that. Let's go to President Zaddy. Are the aliens abducting people residing? Yeah, no, we're not asking that question. Uh, sorry, I don't edit the questions before coming on in. Uh, questions like that are absolutely unnecessary from our audience. Thank you very much. Uh, Melissa, my husband keeps getting woken up by owls. What's the connection there, Keith? Grays. I know that's way too simple an answer, but that's literally the prime of the thing. Owls and deer are the, because of the configuration of the eye, they are the easiest ones for the, for the grays to do an overlay. Okay, so what's happening is he, and of course, when, you, when you're actually listening to the grays when they talk, they sound very similar. To, to owls or to birds, depending on who you're talking to. You know, so either one will, will absolutely be, you know, is absolutely your, your most likely issue. But do I feel that there's any danger to him? Not at all. Wow. It's just his perception of reality may get a little, a little twisted. All right. So so do you think that just because he's waking up to owls that automatically that doesn't mean he has aliens, does it? Absolutely not. You got to remember they give off an emanation that can wake people up 3 blocks away without even blinking. Cuz the the, the subquantum imp- impact of the of the sonic field that they that they generate with the ship 
may be what's brand, what's waking him up. And of course, he'll translate it because he won't necessarily recognize it consciously. And owls have a really, if you've ever heard him in the wild, and I know you have, Dave, they've got a really haunting sound. Not as bad as Loon, but... But no, it definitely does not mean that he is either being abducted, nor does it mean he is, if you will, being checked for abduction purposes. It may have absolutely nothing to do with him at all, except for the fact he's picking up the emanations. You know what's scary, Keith? Last week when we were in the forest, is all of a sudden hearing kittens meowing. <laughs> yeah, especially if it sounds like the tiny little normal ones. You no, know, these sounded a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we knew we had a cougar around. We knew there was a cougar around us when her baby started piping up a little bit. All right, let's move on to another question here. And this one is from Vivster. Old Vivster. She goes, Davester, I'm wondering, why don't you check questions on Facebook anymore? Because I have troubles getting to that many chat rooms. It's too fast in the YouTube chat. That is why. So I'll take that one, Keith. I will do my best. I'm trying. Let's go to Elliot. What flies the Tic Tac UFO? Shoot, I was just looking at that. Give me half a second. If I recall correctly, that is the click clock. But give me just 10 seconds. I've actually got it set up here. I've got way too many things on the go on occasion. Let's just see. Cause it's in, I know I've got it listed in one of the, in one of the books. Just trying to remember and trying to give you a solid answer. Hey, it's in book two. So that one, give me half a second here. Whoop, that didn't work. I believe it's the clee clock that, that you're referring to. Which are the mantis people. If I recall correctly. And we will use that term if rather, rather solidly. Yeah, of course I don't have a listing showing up. Yeah, I believe that's who's got it. Awesome. Well, let's continue on here. Let's go to Doug Shelby. The Doug Shelby is asking you, Keith, what are the chances of alien-human hybrid beings of human appearance are involved in major nations' governments, More, most important presidents or prime ministers? Almost 0%. Technically, it's a possibility, but there is a definitive forbiddance of it. The consortium has, and they won't even—they're not even permitted to go after after leading positions in major corporations. Yeah, you know, that's that's just the reality behind it. So, technically, is it possible? Yes. Is it likely, especially with the ba- with the major with the major countries? No. You know, I've heard people talking about that for years, and it's always been the same thing. The whole idea of of the of hybrids taking over governmental positions came out of the late seventies, early eighties, out of a neat little movie and series called V. 
You know, it was a great series, but it created a heck of a lot of cross current. And I'm pretty certain you remember the remember V. Oh, I loved V. I loved it. I thought the aliens were great until their skin started peeling off. Yeah. That's where it got and into trouble. And you see what happens when you hit him with an acid bath. Oh. No, you really shouldn't. A lot of blood comes out of that Oh, yeah, that one doesn't sound good. Yeah. All right, Keith, uh, we got one minute here. Can we sneak in one more? Let's try it. Uh, Crave Dog Ollie is asking, Keith, what are your thoughts on this reality being a simulation? Absolute hogwash, from my standpoint. Of course, I've got a, I've got a slightly different reason for the outlook on that. I've watched, I've got memories watching this planet get built, and watching the human evolution as it went along. Now, of course, that gets into this neat little sidetrack on past lives and the whole nine yards. But this world is not a simulation. Annoying, certainly. But a simulation, not at all. Well, we'll leave it at that. As our Keith Andrews in the ET Connection joins us first week of each month, hanging on out, telling us all about the strange and weird when it comes to extraterrestrials, aliens, alien abduction, ET contact, UFOs, UAP. Doug Shelby's hair, Joe's mane, you name it. We got it going here on Spaced Out Radio. Our Keith Andrews and his beautiful pork chops. We'll be back for hour number two right after this. Okay, Keith, I'm going to step away here for a second. Uh, I've got up to Jody here um, in the chat room. Uh, bookmarked for the next half hour, okay? Okay. All right. Dirty Filth is drawing a black triangle with some funky writing yes. on that. Funky town writing right there by the Dirt Man. I'll be right back. They call it typeface. Yeah, I tell you, Dirty, I wish I could draw even a fraction as well as you do. I've had a lot of I've had a lot of practice. I had a lot of practice with computers. I've been playing with them since '79. I still can't get the stupid things to work. Well, if it's any consolation, every time I look at my drawings, all I can see is the faults of them, and everyone else goes, "Hey, that works so good," and I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, anyway. that that is the same with virtually every artistic person I know of. You know, I'll look at what I'm writing and go, no, there's something that's sitting wrong with that story. You know, with, with that whole scene. You know, I mean, you know, because of the fact that I play Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, this is this is something I meant to tell Dave. Right. And I'll get to him anyway. But for those that are listening, since I think we're still in the show anyway. Yeah, we're um, still alive. I, went, I ended up, I've now got two websites up and running beyond... Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. But I now have rkeithandrews.com and ilderbach.com. Right. 
But no, um, when you're looking at the when you draw something, you'll spot something that looks completely off kilter and just doesn't balance. You know, and I mean, it's easy to spot the problems. The thing that bothers me is I used to write in runic, as in Tolkien runic, but I got nice. myself with the alphabet. I used to write that way quite readily. Well, I never got that much deep into my RPG writings and junk, but I'm even when I write my stories and everything and I do a campaign, I'll run an adventure and of course players never do anything or expect they're gonna do, but oh, it, they're always like, We had a good time. I'm like I I really wish we could have done what I had planned, but you can always rehash it. You don't let your players know that. Don't listen, lover. But um You yeah. can see what I went and did to my into my crew. I've got a game I run on Sundays. And they walked right smack into it. Right. I want to show you something because I know you can see it. Oh, yeah. But I turned around. Let's see here. Of course, I paint my own figures, just not as well as a lot of people. I mean, I paint it well enough to work. But as you know, when you've got a water elemental, right? Yeah. They're supposed to be a bluish color or just that clear plastic. Well, I went and did this to one. Okay. And I turned in. Of course, my son comes in. He spotted the bigger one. Right. And what this is, and they'll run into it on Sunday, is a blood elemental. Quasi, It's a quasi-water quasi, uh, quasi water elemental, if you will. But this little critter that I ended up developing, I've got all the stats for it. Right. Is still, essentially, it, it, apply, it follows the, the status of the stats on a water elemental with the added bonus of being vampiric. We can always add the extra flavor, right? I love that. Well, that was what I was thinking. They needed something to to give them a challenge. If I may be so bold, what system are you running? Um, We actually run a complete complete mix-up. We still, D&D... We run the baseline from from still version two, a combination of version two and three. But we've thrown pieces in from various different game systems that we work with, not the least of which is the aftermath uh, hit locations. Far more details. Um, I used to play GURPS, but it wasn't as easy to, like we've taken some of the concepts from it. You know, some of the weapons that came out of space opera came out of Star Frontiers. And, of course, when you start looking at... Like, D&D is still the backbone. You know, and that's where all the... That's where all of the experience is based out of. Right. But it's very much a free-flowing thing. And, of course, we have that added advantage of what I've gone through myself. And, of course, my... My um, second best friend has had his own list of different interactions. So we've, it's, it's a real hodgepodge, if you will. But we still call it D&D because that is the backbone to it. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we kind of have a conglomerate of stuff. I've been playing like 14 years with the same pals and everything. Yeah. And we, we just kind of take it from all the, all the stuff. Yeah, just a little bit. We get a, we we just kind of put a mishmash of everything in mid game. Something happens. We're like, well, that's a new rule. Bang! There you go. That works out. And because yeah, the point is to tell a story <laughs> and have fun with your pals. 
Yeah, it's funny. I, my my second best friend, we've been playing every, you know, we've been playing twice a week for the last 20 years. And even four years ago, I ended up in the hospital because of the stroke. I ended up on the 28th in the hospital, and I told them I would not be in, in the hospital on New Year's Eve because, frankly, and, well, I told them I wouldn't be there, but the reasoning for it was New Year's Eve we always and have for 20 years played D&D on New Year's Eve. I wasn't missing that for a hospital. And so you fled the hospital. He fled. Well, I hey told guys, him I was we going have, home. We, we got four seconds. Me. Let's mute it up. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Quadril. Quadril is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok. At Spaced Out Radio. Kira putting in our chat room tonight. Notice how all the women love your haircut, Dave. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning. I like it too. Thank you. Thank you for the compliments. All right. Our Keith Andrews, the ET Connection, gets back going here as we take audience questions for Keith. Talking about everything extraterrestrial, supernatural. He is the conductor of the Wu Train who joins us each and every month. Keith, welcome back. And thank you so much for having me. And welcome to everybody that joined us during break. Not to mention the people that are still here. All right, Keith, let's get right to it. Let's go to Phil. Phil is asking, why don't we hear about crop circles anymore? What's the consensus? You know, I think basically it boiled down to so many people, they proved so many people were faking them that they just lost the the momentum. Now that's just like I don't have a definitive a definitive input from it, but that and because of the number of people I know of that were being that it was being proven they were faking them, and I'm talking about just faking the surface side of it, not the emanations. Okay, so because of the faking that it was going on, especially in Europe. You know, were there real crop circles out there, Keith? Absolutely. Okay, I was shown one years ago that indicated a jump point that literally all it was was a crop circle laying the people coming by. Your next nearest jump point is at this location. Right, and that's ultimately what they were for. You know, they weren't there for just the heck of it. Crop circles were literally 
for they were there were messages left for passing travelers to know where they were heading. And then they'd come by and, and replace them every now and then because, well, number one, the plants would grow or be, or the crop circle would be wiped out because of harvest or whatever, right? And they'd have to come back and put it in. Kind of like somebody that puts graffiti down and then they paint over it, except the crop circles had a purpose. Okay, what was that purpose? Usually galactic markers. As in, you're looking for a jump point, here's where it is. Once in a blue moon, you'd see one that somebody said, okay, we've gone, it, much like we have, you know, when when the hurricane hit, where was last one hit? Florida, I think. And people were calling in, were letting their friends know we're safe. Well, the same sort of thing can happen during a solar storm. Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code 15. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Where the people, that are, where the ships that are out and about have lost contact and they'll leave a marker saying, hey, by the way, we're not, we're not lost. We're just completely hooped right now for communication lines. Hmm. So were they navigational type lines or were they communication? Most, of them, yes. Most were navigational. They were, they were um, landmarks, if you will. Interesting. You know, in, you know, if you're cutting through, if you're cutting through the soul system, right? And it's not just on Earth that they left the that they left car, crop circles. They would leave crop circles, and not called crop circles, but they do the same thing on the surface of Mars, in the cloud banks of of Jupiter. You know, in the in the in the gas eddies, they do the exact same sort of thing. But the the Andes in in on, on Jupiter, the Odina used them more often than anybody else did. Right. Okay. Primarily because they're, they're the ones that work with with that kind of spacing. Okay. Let's let's move on to a new question here, Keith. This one from Blue Cruise. How much interaction have you had with the different reptilian species? Oh. 
pretty much and more than I care to count, but I've dealt with personally head on um, now 13 different species. Not all of them off world. Okay, but I have quite regular, one of my best friends happens to be Srizazian. But I have regular interaction with a lot of the different ones. Okay. You know, exactly how to tell you how much, I have no idea how to quantify it. How would we recognize a, a species of reptilians? Well, that depends. Most of them, I mean, number one, they they react really funny there. If you're if you're talking about actually seeing the reptilians, well, they stand out pretty badly, or pretty well. Okay, but if you're looking for hybrid, they're a little harder to spot. But you're looking for finer features, um, probably drier skin, depending, and the the way their movement is usually a little more disjointed or a little bit more, I almost want to say clockwork in a way. You know, because they're, they're used to walking with a, with a different gait than what humans do. Do they camouflage themselves as humans? No. No, the closest thing that I've seen that I've seen any of the reptilians use to camouflage themselves as a human would be a lab coat. And let's face it, that doesn't do much in the way of camouflage. Interesting. But no, they you know they don't the the Chitawari could get away with it because at least they've got five fingers. But the Chitawari are are not an off world race. But none of them go out of the way to go, oh, I don't want to look like my race. So, Quite frankly, they rely on it. So what you're saying is we have reptilians who are from this planet, maybe living in inner Earth, as well as those coming from the stars above. This is correct. All right. If you get- and no, none of them are interested in taking over the planet. Well, the tech like were, but that was a that was an interesting altercation. All right, let's go to human Carl. We don't want to confuse it with the alien Carl, so we have to differ with the human Carl here. <laughs> he, he's a great veteran. Thank you, human Carl, for your service. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Carl is asking, why does the Federation or Galactic Council allow humans to be hunted by? that race or any race it's it's not so much allows as it's really hard to keep track of eight billion people not to mention and that's only eight billion humans you gotta remember we are dealing with a lot more people on this planet than just humans so trying to keep track of every race and everybody that's out there it's it literally is a a um what's the word i'm looking for but it's a numerical nightmare is a simple way of putting it. Do they do they punishment? Do they punish them? Do they reprimand them when they find them? The answer is yes. See, if they if you liken it to poaching, when humans are caught poaching an endangered species, they basically by human courts get a slap on the wrist and told don't do it again. 
if an off-worlder goes hunting humans, right, without a specific, if you will, license, and that's a whole different issue, um, but if they just go hunting them for themselves, it's not a question of they can put the human back as the human's already dead, but the, the guilty party is terminated on the spot. Like, it's not a question of, it's not a question of, oh, let's take you to trial. It's like, there's the body, there you are, and the DNA track is easy. You're the guilty party, so we terminate you so it doesn't repeat. And they do it in such a way that they they announce, this person is being terminated because he broke this law. So if you break this law, it won't matter what station you're in. Won't matter what your what your position in said in said society is, the outcome is still the same way, and this is the one big difference between the the members of the Galactic Consortium and the non-member races. All right, let's continue on with our Keith Andrews and the ET connection. Another great question coming from James Weston. Is the connection between grays and owls because of big black eyes? Ultimately, that is a good way to put it. It's the optical the optical appearance of the eyes that is easier to, to mask a gray's face with an owl's face because the configuration of the eyes is right. You know, once in a while they'll use deer and sometimes squid, but on the whole, the grand the owls are the the go to. You know, it becomes dicey when when you're getting into the area where owls don't fly. Yeah, but if you're seeing a four foot owl, there's not too many of those around. Uh no, that was kind of like when I saw the four foot raven. What did that turn out to be? Oh, that was definitively a spirit guide. You don't have a four-foot raven that takes off without a flutter of wings and no sign of them. Right. When I saw that one, I turned my back, took two steps, looked back around, and for it to get off the ground with it being four feet, you're looking at a 12 to 16-foot wingspan. There's no way it just flew out of sight. Hmm. So what other aliens are shape-shifting into, into animals or creatures? Well, there are quite a number of carryendropes, which are animal, they're actually animals, that can, or their baseline is animal, that can take on a hybrid, a hybrid appearance and thereby can quite often be mistaken at a distance as human if they're wearing clothing. The big thing with most Terrian tropes is, and the giveaway for it, for a shapeshifter, is most of them have reverse knees. One of the best shapeshifters, and they very seldom will take on a human form, because in their eyes, it's way too limiting. And that's the, that's the Corlocks, which are complete, they are complete metamorphs. They don't actually have a solid form. You know, but if you're taking, if you take a look at Laborians, they're usually pretty easy to see anyway. Because, yeah, they're feline, either feline by nature and subsequently carnivorous. But they're also seven feet tall and then some. So they kind of stand out. 
you know, there aren't very many many races that actually will shapeshift, even with technology, to blend in. They usually try and stay hidden. Now, of course, if you take that one communicate and one that one, it's not a race; it's a a station. Much like you know, if you go into the Air Force, that's that's the group you're working with. But Radio Command is multiple races, most of which are somewhat human, are somewhat human shaped, but they tend to rely on technology to either blend in or disappear altogether. Now, mankind has developed a neat little a neat little holographic uh, holographic tool that they use in Japan that these guys use on a regular basis on their own ships or like on their own outfits where you look at them and you won't see them because the the whole the whole outfit is designed to broadcast what is on the other side of the person essentially making it look like you're looking right through them all right let's move on to a new question here keith let's go to jody Keith, I thought the ETs won't let us blow up the Earth with such threats of war. Is this true? Ultimately, yes. Now, this does not mean they will stop a nuclear test. Okay. But it does mean if they are going to fire off so many weapons of whatever type that it will damage Earth itself and the and the viability of Earth, the, uh, the off-worlders will step in and shut the weapons down. Now, do understand, global war, if you're going guns, if you're going guns and, and clubs, they don't care. Kill yourselves off. We'll just carry on and see what comes next. Right? But any type of warfare that is going to directly threaten the ecosystem of ETA, what you call Earth. Okay. If it is going to threaten her life or the viability of her being able to support the supporter children, as in the animals, the plants, and yes, the humans, they will shut the war down. Now they won't stop the animosity. They will simply take out. They will simply make the weapons themselves inert. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. Let's go to Bogan, Keith. I always ask the same question: What are the red orbs? Ren, the orbs are actually, there are three possibilities. Okay. The, uh, now, I was going to say, and they are, the geckoids. Oh, the Zotar, there we go. The Zotar actually fly a ship that is all of about six inches in diameter. Okay, and they are color-coded depending on what, what that person's rank is. Or what that person's station or or uh, position is, but the red ones are usually security ones. And if you're looking at the Zotar themselves, those are security uh, security scanners, and they just simply go around, simply taking and taking note of communication lines going on between humans and, and other races, for that matter, to see where the threats are. Bogan follows up saying, I think the ones I saw were actually craft. Is this possible? That would be the Zotar. Okay. Zotar, the, the, the average Zotar is only three to four inches tall. Now, those, those craft 
they are not multi-person. They are single. They are single occupant ships, and they are they are and and trifibs. They can travel on the ground. They can fly, and they can travel underwater. And for that matter, actually, they're quadrifibs because they can also go into outer space. Very cool. Very cool. Let's go on to a new question here from our audience. Let's go to iVoices. Keith, how many demon friends do you have? Oh, I lost count a long time ago. I, I kid you not, when I end up going to what you know is hell, it's like, you know, somebody will look at me and go, what are you doing here? And I'm just, oh, I'm just passing by. I got a couple of friends I wanted to go talk to. You know, the, the gates to hell and the gates to heaven are not as sealed as people seem to think. Although I still think the hot tubs down there are way, way, way too warm. Sandra would like to know, who is the blue balloon ships or the black balloon ships seeding California? I've seen one of those, she says. Black balloon ships? Yeah. Now, I'm going to have to look into that one to see what they're up to, but I would be inclined. Now, I mean, humans use them all the time anyway, like ships that look like that. But I know what you're referring to. I'm just trying to think, because there's been a whole bunch of new races coming into the area lately. It's almost like somebody all of a sudden said, hey, here's a tourist destination. Come take a peek at this. Or here's a scientific, a, um, a wildlife preserve which is more akin to what they're looking at. So are they benevolent, malevolent? By the, everything I know about them is they are simply observer, as in benevolent, or either benevolent or neutral would be a better way to put it. Definitively not malevolent. You know, so I mean, we are not talking about about a an invasion or a a alteration here. You know, or or a bombardment for that matter. Although I am I am pretty convinced that they are the people that are also responsible for the counter agents for the for what we've seen with the um, you know with the atmospheric dusting that's been being done, the chemtrails. Okay. I'm pretty certain that those are the same people that are actually handling that. But specifically who they belong to right off the top of my head, I really don't know. All right, let's continue on with another question here, Keith. And let's go to Vivster again. Why didn't the half-form great alien complete its visitation with me months ago? Well, if it was only half formed, the odds are it ran out of steam and had to get out and had to return. It probably was trying to jump the gun on its own on its own evolution. And in all likelihood, and I can only surmise this because you don't get ones that are only half half connected coming down very often, unless they've gone, as it were, and you'll love this one, against doctor's orders. Can't imagine a gray not doing what it was told. I mean, really. 
you know, take a look at what Carl got himself into. Oh, darn Carl. When's he coming back? Where is he right now? Right now he's on Zeta Reticuli. Basically being re... re um, when I talk about re-educated, I do not mean that they are overriding his mental his mental capacity. It's just he's getting read the right... He, well, when I talked to him last, they were basically reading the riot act. Because he was not supposed to pull what he did with you. You were never supposed to know about him. Of course, his comment was, I wanted to see what was in that in that fragile shell. Also known as your house. True. True. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, Keith, we have one more segment with you after this. And another show that is flying on by on the ET Connection here on Spaced Out Radio with R. Keith Andrews. Go to YouTube. R. Keith Andrews is his channel. And if you're in our chat rooms, we'll get uh, one of our moderators to post Keith's uh, channel there. So that way, if you want to go hit subscribe, you can do so. And it's uh, a lot of fun. Keith breaks down everything from the races to your own experiences regarding ET contact. And yes, it is happening. R. Keith Andrews and the ET Connection continues till the top of the hour. Spaced Out Radio, second half of the show, coming up right after this. So stay tuned. We're in for a lot more fun. All right, we're clear. Okay, so am I. Oh, um... I meant to mention to you. Yeah. I now actually have two out of the three websites I will eventually have all up and running. Yeah. But I now have rkeithandrews.com. Good. Covering that lists all of the books I've got available. Good. And then I've also got um, elderbach.com that I just got up and running, I think, about a week ago. Now I've got to start doing something with it. Good. Good. You notice we didn't get a I, like we didn't get a call during the show at all. But in all fairness, I've been on I've been on shift since three o'clock. Didn't get one phone call today. Well, Thanksgiving weekend, right? Forgot about that. Yes, that would explain that in a hurry. And thank you to all the Canadians out there. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Yep, America, you got just about six weeks away. And I'm going to tell you right now, do not mess up Black Friday this year. There's two Black Fridays in a row where you guys have absolutely disappointed me. And I'm going to be harping on this heading into November. All right? I want kicking. I want screaming. I want scratching. I want hair pulling. I want punching. All right? Let's get back to what Black Friday is all about, people. Beating the living tar out of each other the day after giving thanks. We need to do this, America. You need to smarten up down there. That's what Black Friday is all about. I hate to be a voice of reason on this, you know, but somebody's got to. Somebody's got to do this. The videos and the the scenes of, of peaceful shopping are absolutely disgusting. Disgusting. That's not what Black Friday is all about. We can do better, America. We can do better. I know, Keith, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. 
Not in the least. But then I never did actually get a lot of that. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I, I just learned that there are times when... Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code 15. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Asking questions or talking about certain aspects because I don't see the world the same way the rest of the world does. See, D. Swagger has it proper. She's sharpening her halberd right now. Yeah, she just had, just make sure you put that you sharpen the other end as well because I'll tell you the back blade on the on the advanced ones is extremely useful. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. We can do this. See, that's why we're, that's why, you see, when I, when I get thinking, this is the thing I play with. There you go, Dave. There's the one I play with. They were used it on an alien? No, but Daniel used it on somebody that was trying, that was defending a, a gonna be rapist. Mm. I didn't use it on him. I pulled it on him. Oh, nice. Nice. Well, we get the point across. Yes. All right. Um, had a weird uh, last Saturday, Keith. Nothing happened in the forest. Came home, fell asleep, really tired. Went to bed probably about eleven thirty, and literally came home started having this weird psychedelic alien dream where everything was just a little blurry. Right. Okay, and there was a gray there. And he was blurry too. Didn't really understand. Wide awake, up like anything at 5.30 in the morning. Don't think I was taken. Think it was more of a dream. Not sure. I got like two seconds of snippet from it. Yeah. Yeah, and that was likely, in all fairness, it may well have been a dream or a memory of something that went before. I honest, It honestly does not feel like on that particular event that you were actually taken anywhere. Didn't feel like it. Felt real. Search and destroy. How you doing, bud? Good to have you back. <laughs> all right, Keith, we got about 30 seconds. I do like that comment that Search and Destroy has just made. Oh, he really hopes to meet a Frankie. Yeah. Okay, big thank you tonight to Mark, 
Thomas, Flash Forward, Human Carl, Vaughn, Symbol, Obi Flett, and Noble Patrick for the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. And everyone, don't forget, thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's get over 100 here. Halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate it. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final segment tonight with our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. Keith comes in once a month to break down all things weird and strange when it comes to extraterrestrial contact. Keith, let's get right to it. We got a ton of questions for you. All right, let's let's go to YJ here. How much of an ET presence is ingrained within the mic? I don't know what that means. Bonus, that makes two of us. Hmm. If she's referring to, if if YJ is referring to in the development of it, that's mankind's doing. It's got nothing to do with the ETs. All right. Let's continue on. But that's assuming that's what he's referring to. Let's continue on here. Ollie is asking, there is footage of Elves face or Elvis's face malfunctioning as well as other celebrities. Could they be aliens? Technically, because the term being used is could, technically the answer would be yes. But uh, the odds of it, slim to non-existent. Because the off-worlders are told just they're absolutely forbidden to take high to take high profile positions, and rest assured, Elvis was not an off-worlder. Oh, Mike, MIC being military industrial complex. Oh, okay. They have. Are they involved in it from the standpoint of research of medical? The answer is yes. In the way of weapons development, the answer is that's not their department. Humans are reverse engineering alien craft and alien technology, but not that is being turned over to them by the off-worlders. That's called salvage work. The off-worlders are actually forbidden to turn over the technology to humans because humans are way too volatile to have that kind of power possibilities. See, right now, mankind can build a nuclear weapon and cause a problem. The off-worlders have a weapon that can crack a planet. And considering humans' propensity of going, what's this button do? Um, It's probably not a good thing to turn over to them. Getcha. All right, let's continue on here, Keith. Let's go to Vaughn. Was the Queen of England and is her bloodline compromised of reptilians or are they human Absolutely human. 
that is one of those things that came out of the 70s. Okay, the Queen of England, her entire, the entire royal bloodline is of human descent. Human origin, human descent, and a whole lot of misguided information to start with. But are they were they human? The answer is yeah, the whole lot of them. Right. Now, of course, the flip side of that is there's no way I can prove it. And let's face it, you're not going to get anybody to acknowledge it in any way. Like, and certainly they'll tell you they're human, but you'll never get proof one way or the other, no matter how well you look for it. But they are definitively not reptilian or any other off-world race that I'm aware of. All right, Keith, let's move on. Let's go to Jenny. All right, Keith, are there other planets that have problems similar to Earth? A staggering number of them. Earth in that department is not alone. Not alone in a lot of departments. But, no, there are a a lot of the races that we talk about um, are races that have gone through the same kinds of conflicts. The Draconian Empire went through something very similar as it evolved to start with. In all fairness, the Strasazian Empire... Dang near didn't even get out and get off the ground, never mind into orbit. You know, so yeah, multiple, you know, many planets beyond count go through the same kinds of conflict. But it's not until they unify and look at and look at the entire population. And I mean of the dominant surface dwelling technologically advanced race species on that planet. When they start seeing everybody from every walk of life as equal value, and I don't mean monetarily, I'm referring to spiritually speaking, until they look at them and go, okay, you happen to have a slightly different horn configuration on your head, or your skin color is a little different, but you're still part of this this planetary race, you know, part of the species, and we've got to get, we've got to work together. That is one of the quantifying things that they have to go through to become a member of the of the consortium. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Big thank you uh, for you answering that, Keith. Let's get uh, to, to Joe's question here. Will the aliens intervene in any type of nuclear threat? Because if you look over in Russia right now, Vladimir Putin is threatening nuclear weapons. Only if it becomes a high, like a single nuclear war weapon, no. The odds of them actually doing anything about it are pretty limited. But if there are multiple weapons fired that are wired, that are, um, are winding up, then yeah, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar they'll shut them all down. They won't shut them down just on a yoke know, to stop Putin. They won't pick sides of the war. You know, they'll just shut everybody's nuclear weapons down. Let's have a follow-up from Joe. Keith, what the hell is my dog barking at in the woods? I got a bear. I'm being kind of, I'm being, now it depends. If it's a panic bark, you're probably dealing with a normal animal, such as the bear. If it's a panic bark, you're probably looking at Wara. Okay, the off-world version of the, of the Sasquatch. The one thing to look for, Joe, 
is if you go in your field, not tonight, but if you go out in the area that you that he, that he was pointing that your dog was pointing towards, look for a a um a half shell, if you will, configuration of trees that have been pulled down together. If you find that, you found a you found a wara a wara um, resting site, and they will drive your dog right up the wall. Of course, we also have to look at the size of the dog. You know, if it's a Chihuahua, sorry, they bark at anything that breathes. Uh, this is if a, it's a Pomeranian. You probably got tree. You probably got wind blowing. This is seven, <laughs> yeah. this is seven month old Rottweiler, purebred. Ah, uh, that is likely. Uh, that is likely Awara. Because the the Sasquatch won't trigger the barking. The Awara actually enjoys it. Not like music, but just simply because they like people knowing that, yeah, we really are that that dangerous. All right, moving on. And no, Joe, I do not feel you're in any threat, in any danger. No, I didn't feel that either. Let's go to Vaughn. How many alien civilizations would you guess live in our Milky Way? I have no way of giving you that number. Let's just say it is a, a gross understatement for people to go, there aren't any aliens out there. Like the number, I mean, if you think about it, in in the in the in solar forest system, in our solar system, okay, I can think of one, one, two, three. I can think of five planets that are occupied, and obviously the moon does not qualify as a planet. You know, and that's just in one solar system. Never mind the universe. And the Milky Way, well, now we're adding, we're into, like, there are so many races, of, so many habitable planets for different species. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. All right, Keith, we continue on here. Actually, I want to ask a question about that first. We only have, in our Milky Way system, what, nine planets, if you include Pluto? Yeah, but that's a miscount. Okay. You know, you, there are a number of moons. So, are all the planets inhabited here? No. Okay, but let's be let's be clear about something here. Yes, we've got the nine planets, but inside the, in the sun's uh, photosphere is another planet called Vulcan, which is a crystalline planet occupied by crystalline people. Okay, that is in the solar system. It's closer to, to is closer to the sun than Mercury is. Then you've got the then you've got um, obviously Earth is occupied. Mars and Venus are both occupied. Nep- Neptune is occupied. Cruenia is also occupied, but Cruenia is sitting between Mars and Jupiter, but it comes in. At a at about a thirty degree angle off the galactic plane, where the outer reach is very near the orbit of Pluto, and the inner reach is right is just outside, just a little closer to us than Mercury is. Saturn, when you tend like Jupiter itself, has a number of planets that are occupied, not the least of which is Io. And then, of course, the, when you're talking, when you take a look at Saturn, 
Saturn isn't exactly occupied. It has a, a number of way stations on it, but not technically because the Saturnians, um, basically their, their whole system came apart. Like their whole planetary system came apart. Okay. Let's move on here to another question, Keith. Let's go to Teresa. What is a parallel universe? Ultimately, it's a planet, a, a universe that is slightly off sync. In other words, it's moving a little faster than or than our universe is working. Okay. Now, if you to explain that a little better, take your hand, you look at it, and it's pretty solid. There, right there, is our universe. Now, parallel universe. If you take your hand and you move it back and forth really quickly it sets a shadow up behind it. Okay, do it on your own eyes. You don't have to look at it just on the just on the on the camera. But it's a it's a universe that is simply a little out of sync with the one we've got with the one we're living in. It moves at a higher vibratory rate. Net result it can pass through the physical the physical um the physical planets can pass through each other. And leave no mark behind. Okay. But it takes a very special type of person to jump off of one planet as it's going by. And be able to regulate their own vibratory rate enough to get into another planet. All right. Our Keith Andrews in the ET Connection. Let's go to another question here. Let's go to iVoices. How many ghosts do you have in your house, Keith? I gave up counting. <laughs> Basically, quite seriously. Um, they, it, it really boils down to this. I don't fear them, so I just simply say, look, if you need a if you need a place to rest, pull up a stump. You know, leave my stuff alone and don't, you know, don't go creating a problem for me. Right? But you're more than welcome to come hang around for a bit and take off. So this place is a veritable, you know, it's a veritable conduit. You know, and I just don't, I mean, it's kind of like trying to take the, take the 401. Okay. Or the, uh, what is it called there? The number five heading down through California. Right. The interstate highways. Try figuring out how many people are driving on that vehicle over the course of a day. At rush hour. (laughs) I hear you, buddy. I hear you. All right. We got time for a few more questions for our Keith. Let's move on over to Bogon here. Another question. Why Zeta Reticuli? That's a Greek world. Why do aliens use Greek? Actually, we refer to it by Zeta Reticuli simply because humans know what it is. As far as the why they would use that word, they don't call it Zeta, and they don't call it Zeta Reticuli. Humans do. Okay, it's kind of like we call Mars Mars. The Martokians don't call it Mars; they call it Martok. Okay, yeah. You know, so I mean, this is this is where the difference is. It's just it's a human term, so. We use it because it's easier than trying to pronounce theirs. Especially given the way that their linguistics work. 
All right. Uh, we got one question left, Keith, and that is Big J. What GT race was Tesla in contact with? Given what he's working with, and I really don't know for certain, but given what he is working with, I would be inclined to say he has probably been talking to the to literally the electrical elementals. Okay, which are a they are a slightly different version to your fire elementals. Okay, and they understand electricity way better than humans do, but to be fair, Tesla himself just simply had a phenomenal mind. Okay. So a phenomenal mind like Tesla, I could see aliens taking him. I totally could. You know, because he could probably translate, you know, what they were saying into the limited human science that we have, especially at that time. Absolutely, he could. But did you see the only the only technology that off-worlders are permitted to to actually share are healing techniques and communication, which obviously puts Tesla right smack in the middle of options. But before anybody goes there, no, Tesla was not a hybrid. Okay, and most of what he did, he did a lot of reverse engineering of stuff took a lot of what he saw and, and extrapolated it without the, without the actual guidance. Whether he was definitively in, t- in contact with them, I don't have, the, have the, the functional knowledge of. But it does add up. All right, let's move, one on. More. Let's move on here. Okay, Keith, one of the things that I want to ask about is, you know, we keep pushing more rockets into space. And I remember, uh, you know, being out of my gifting site just a few weeks ago and seeing the International Space Station being followed by a SpaceX rocket. I got a photo of it. It was really cool. All right. And just yesterday, more astronauts were launched into space to join the International Space Station. And I bring this up because the one thing that a lot of people don't know is that almost every launch that has happened in the world, but we're going to focus on NASA here for a second, it's been followed by UFOs. Clearly. Have you ever... You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. I'm Jeannie, and this is my life with California Closets. I have two girls. (laughs) We've been just trying to build our dream home. We had this really awkward bonus space. I just didn't know what to do with it. <sighs> California Closets came in and they created something out of nothing. My girls hang out there a lot while I'm doing my laundry. They're there playing. <laughs> I love that I have a space now that I can create lasting memories as a family. Schedule your free design consultation today at CaliforniaClosets.com. Discuss with any of your ET contacts why they are following the rockets going up into space. Oh, that's the easy part. 
They are simply tracking technological advancement, technological communication advancement, seeing how these people handle the standard transitional complications of breaking out of the atmosphere into into zero G, maneuvering in zero G, and then trying to get back down in one piece, and seeing how they're advancing. Most of this is just a simple socioeconomic, you know, Uh, examination and extrapolation. However, they do have military craft going, okay, now they're working on that and and they're looking at what has potential of becoming a weaponized item. Humans don't think as far ahead as what humans like to think they think. But the off-worlders are looking at some of what they're dealing with, going, you know, that neat little tool that they're working with could be turned around into a real nasty weapon in a real hurry, if only humans would think about it. You know, so they're watching for that. Like, they were way ahead of the game. Mankind right now is working on technology to drag a to drag an asteroid into, into geosynchronous orbit around the moon. Okay. Which is really going to create some interesting things in about 150 to 200 years. Very true. Of course, sad to say, Dave, you and I are not going to be around in all likelihood to see that. Probably not. At least not this body. Probably <laughs> <You know? laughs> not. Probably not. Well, the reason why I asked that, Keith, is because, you know, I just find it so interesting that all of our shuttle missions and our space work has been followed from Neil Armstrong walking on the moon to Dr. Edgar Mitchell, who I believe you had an opportunity of meeting at one point, if I'm if I'm correct. Did you I him? believe so, but at this point I really don't recall. And of course I don't recall half the people I met when I went to experience or speak. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Speaking of that uh, way off topic from where we were but the alien you met at experiencers speak yes have you ever heard back from him? Alien hybrid have you ever heard back from him i the last time i spoke to him was back in 214 i think but in all fairness i don't hear from the people that were out there either very much got you Got you. Keith, what what are these, um, you know, getting back to the whole NASA thing, and NASA, in my opinion, is playing fools on this to the public regarding what they know about UFOs. And and I'm being gentle when I say that, I do believe. Yeah, much lighter than I would be, but, you know. Do we have any incidents of UFOs blowing up any rockets because they don't want us going into space? No. Not that I'm aware of. They have let them blow up. But then they look at it going, well, that's just part and parcel of the dangers. And by the way, they didn't start tracking them when they headed for the moon. They actually started tracking them the first time they ever broke orbit. As far as space travel went. But they were doing that when the when the when flight was first arrived at. 
All right, Keith, we got 90 seconds to go here before we have to go to break here at the top of the hour. Do me a favor. Tell everybody where they can find your YouTube channel. Tell everybody where they can find more information on you. One minute. Uh, you can find my YouTube channel at R. Keith Andrews. You can also look up rkeithandrews.com and ilderbach.com, which are both websites that I own. And, of course, you can find me on Facebook under R. Keith Andrews, Ilderbach, or Inner Voice Enterprises. And on LinkedIn and YouTube. Or LinkedIn and Twitter, rather. And, of course, if you look at the bottom of any of the YouTube videos, you'll find a whole list of different ways of getting a hold of me. Well, it's always good at R. Keith Andrews on Twitter when you respond as well, Keith. And, you know, you're up to uh, 300 subscribers now on your brand new YouTube channel. We'd love to see that get up to around 1,000 here pretty darn quick because 1,000 is the first magic number when it comes to YouTube. But, buddy, we'll talk to you next month. Thank you for answering all of our audience questions. Non-problem. Thank you so much for having me again. Always. Always, our Keith Andrews and the ET Connection. He'll be back next month. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then, little Timmy Senor is going to come in with the UFO report tonight. Space Out Radio continues with Hour 3 next. Great job, Keith. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Great job. Always enjoying. Was it ever fast today? It was fast. A lot of great questions from the audience. This is what makes a good show, and the audience really kicks it into high gear like that. Oh, yeah, I love it. And the questions, you were right. Some of the questions today were so far beyond what we usually get. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Keith, I'm going to uh, step away for a second. If you want to answer any audience questions while we're here, uh, they can ask them. I know you're watching. Okay, yeah, I'll keep an eye open and what comes up here. I, I will certainly carry on. Well, you heard it, people. If you've got questions I didn't get to, absolutely be sure to ask. Most most of the time, if you watch for, if you watch me on YouTube, I come on usually I try for at least once a day. Oh, okay. Um, I usually come on once a day. I don't set a time for it, except I try my best to come in Saturday afternoon. Now, tomorrow I won't be on, but usually Saturday after around about 2 o'clock Pacific time, I still come on. Okay, so yes, I and I'm not planning on quitting here anytime soon. I appreciate the heads up on that, Nightmare. You know, the reality is, I am not, and just so people know, the only, the only chat room I've got access to is the YouTube chat room. That's the only one I'm tapped into right now. So if you're on any of the other ones, sorry, I will not get your question. That's for certain. But no, the the reality is, to me, this is just a normal way. Um, <laughs> hate to tell you this, that's not an alien race. Um, Tony, Tony, the, what you're asking, the race that looks like Casper the ghost, that is literally a ghost. And they can come in any, from any one of the races. <laughs> but, I, you know, 
the neat part about them is they're a lot of fun to talk to. They get a little lost. But, you know, I mean, and again, this is one of those times when somebody has taken something that is real, like such as such as ghosts, and turned around and turned and made a cartoon out of it. Because people accept it a whole lot better. Okay. Oops. Uh-oh. Oh, I'm pretty, yeah. Oh, not a problem there at all there, Joe. Glad to, glad to drop in. You know, it's unfortunate that show finally came to a, it did come to a close. At least, as far as I know, it came to a close. You know, the, the reality of it is that there's a lot of good shows out there, a lot of good people. My biggest problem is trying to pick a time that I can actually function. You know, because my schedule gets way out of hand. Um, something I should point out, just for those, because those of you that have have already received it, this particular book, uh, okay, Races of the Worlds, this is only one volume. I'm in the middle of getting, of actually getting the, the pictures done for it. But it is, it is literally data. Um, oh, absolutely, mind you, they've seen worse. Okay, yeah, you know, Doug, the reality is the weather balloon excuse. The, it wasn't so much the excuse they found comical, so much as the so much as the fact that so many people bought it. You know, um, the other thing I, I will tell people when we're when we're looking at the books that we've been talking about, this is only one of them. Okay, but the races covered in here, many of them, I actually, I've actually got them socially interacting in the in the book, in the novels, right? the The neat part is people will take a look at something they don't understand and they'll pin a new label on it, and if it comes from, you know, if it comes from a so to speak reputable force, i.e., a government official, and you get to figure out if that makes it reputable government official, a recognized, you know, a, a recognized specialist in the field. You know, like Stanton Friedman was a phenomenal man. He, we unfortunately lost him a couple of years ago. Technically, we didn't know lose him. We know where he is. But, you know, people like him have a phenomenal, or, well, in his case, yes, he's still got it. We just don't have access to it at this point. Yeah, the you know the the funny thing there, bomb, bomber, and Dave was right. I don't get a lot of it, but then I have been a recluse for well over a decade. I've stayed away from people, and the thing I keep on, you know, I keep on encouraging people, and maybe I'm a bit bass backwards, okay, but I will tell you, they, and like I only follow three laws, right? I follow the karmic ones. But Black Friday, from from what I understand, is a is an extremely energetic world. You know, it's a very energetic time. Keith, I got to wrap it up. We're on in like fifteen seconds. 
Thank you, buddy. Okay. You no take, problem. You have a good night. You take care. Our Keith you and, too. Our Keith Andrews, everybody. Hanging on out. We're going to get going. Thank you to all our super chatters tonight. Here we go with hour number three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Here we go with the third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for tuning us in. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Quadril. Quadril is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers. This is a clam. Sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I was 27 years old and working at a Boy Scout camp far up in the woods of northernly Northern California. Where I worked had a large population of black bears, which for the most part were relatively harmless and easy enough to scare away with a shot from a rifle. However, we had many Boy Scouts at this camp weekly, sometimes as many as 500 heads, and with a lot of vastly spread out campsites, there are going to be a few campers who sleep with candy bears in their pockets and make themselves a prepackaged dinner snack for a bear. I tell you this because black bears love Reese's peanut butter cups. As part of the staff often, I was scheduled for bear watch and strolled the entirety of the camp with a rifle, going from site to site making my presence known to ensure that bears would not come anywhere nearby. On one of these routine nights, everything was more still and quiet than usual and I remember finding it rather odd and unsettling. I had just checked in on the camp the furthest away from all the other campsites. It was a good half mile away from the base proper. As I'm strolling along the trail and the runs beside the lake, I stopped to take a number one and light a joint that I had stashed away for such an occasion of being out by the lake at two in the morning. As human beings, we have natural gut feelings we must always adhere to for survival. There was a gut feeling I had something was amiss. Not only was it unusually still and quiet, but I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched and was certainly not alone. I nervously took a few puffs from my J and then put it out, now more aware of the unnerving sense in the air. I had been face to face with a bear before, 
Even a mountain lion has stalked me. I've slept a little too close to the den of a coyote before as well. But this... this was different. I didn't sense that I was in the presence of anything like that. The smell was absolutely overwhelming. It did not smell like any bear I've ever experienced. It was almost sour, but still musky. I'll never forget the smell, but I can never find the words to describe it adequately. As I reached for my flashlight before considering readying my rifle, a massive boom hit the ground. Falling from the trees above and nearly knocking me on my ass from the sheer force of it, I reached for my flashlight and had fallen to the ground. I reached for my flashlight that had fallen to the ground as I heard something significant, something massive, running away from me into the tree line up into the hill above. Immediately, I considered it probably the biggest bear I had ever come across, and black bears can be spooked rather easily, so I considered myself lucky. But as I lay there, hyperventilating, shaking, and quaking in my boots, I started to feel the sound of the beast running away. It didn't sound like the stride of a black bear in flight. It sounded bipedal. It sounded human. I braced, stood up, and readied my rifle, released the safety, and shot upward toward the lake. It woke up many campers and scout leaders alike. I stood alone for 10 minutes before the camp leader and some other staff came to me. During that time, I had my flashlight out and was inspecting the scene. Whatever it was that had dropped from the branches above fell from possibly 20 feet, and in its wake of running away, had torn off limbs into the hill. Some of these limbs stood more than 13 feet off the ground, and some smaller trees were bent almost down into the ground. I have never seen a bear do that, that's for sure. Everyone was stumped when some of the staff and some concerned campers arrived. Most campers, to comfort themselves, insisted it was just a bear. I do know this though, no bear running on all fours stands 13 feet tall, and no bear can run on two feet for 12 yards uphill on two legs. They just don't do that. We were all thinking about it, so I'll say it. I think I encountered a Sasquatch that night. If not, I don't know what the heck that thing was, but I'm glad it was running away from me and not at me, because whatever that thing was, beast or man, it was gargantuan and I would not have stood a chance if it had decided to confront me. Uh, it's always good to run into a Sasquatch in the forest, isn't it? Hey, they're friendly, they're big, they're cuddly, they're curly, and you know what? Sometimes they'll even give you a scowl, but that's okay. That's okay. Just say hello if you run into one. Give them a little wave and say thank you for letting me see you. Hey, we want to say a big thank you, by the way, to Mr. Swamp Dweller, who is here every Monday through Friday night, to start off hour number three with another spooky story, you can listen to all of the thousands of stories that Swamp Dweller has on his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. Check it on out. Hit subscribe. You won't be disappointed. Go enjoy yourself. All right. It's time once again. We bring in little Timmy Senor for the UFO report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. a big day for Tim as he's hanging on out with us tonight on a good night. And you know, every time we have him on here, it's always 
a great section of radio when we do this. Tim, thank you so much for joining us once again. Thanks for having me, Dave. Oh, and hey, I have to say the haircut looking dapper, sir. It looks fantastic. I have to, you know, throw care to the wind and say it does look like Justin Bieber gave up his career in the future and just decided to become a biology teacher. Oh. I guess that's the kind of look you were going for. You know what? You know what? My hairstylist, she is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And, and you haven't seen her in so long. I haven't probably, seen her in right? a long time. I sat yeah. down in the chair and, and she's like, so what are we doing? I said, cut it off. And she's like, really? And I'm like, cut it all off. Back Time. to the basic Dave. Back to basic Dave. Well, I'm transforming yeah. myself, okay? Today, I, you know, I'm day three without any caffeine. All right? Yeah. And, I, and I'm struggling with that. I really am. I almost broke down and bought a Pepsi today because that's an addiction I have. And I said, no, not I'm doing drinking it. water in celebration. St- sticking with water. And... Mm-hmm. I started taking some uh, multivitamins and everything today, this morning. I got to pop some here before I go to bed. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. I'm Amy, and this is my life with California Closets. This is an amazing time in my life. We got married, new home, baby on the way. I needed my own sanctuary space. California Closets worked with us to give us everything we wanted. When I enter my closet, it's calm, it's organized. It's its own oasis. This closet is my dream closet. Schedule your free design consultation today at CaliforniaClosets.com. Again. And then tomorrow yeah. I'm starting off at the gym. So that way I'm going to, uh, my goal is to lose about 40, 45 pounds. All right. I have not done the last year any service to my body. And believe it or not, Tim, you know, I don't even know if I've told the audience this. Okay. I haven't been feeling good. I've been struggling with my breathing, with my nose. I got to get my nose straightened. All right, so I got to go to the chiropractor again, get him to crack my deviated septum back into place because I am struggling to breathe out of my nose. But overall, I am so out of shape. I've never been this out of shape in my life. I've never been this weak in my life. And I've never been this tired in my life. And it's all self-inflicted. Because I suffer from depression and anxiety, a lot of times when I get down, I eat. And I don't eat a lot. The weird part about it is I don't eat a lot of junk food. I don't. But I do have some weaknesses. And usually that comes in the form of beverage. Okay? I love Pepsi. I love Tim Horton's ice caps. 
and I love cream soda slushies. Those are three of my hugest weaknesses in life. Yeah. And when you work two full-time jobs like I do, there's not a lot of time for exercise. There's not a lot of time because every minute of my day counts. From the time I wake up in the morning, which is usually between 7 and 7.30, until the time I go to bed, which is usually around 1 o'clock in the morning, five days a week, that's a long day. You know, but I've been getting angry with myself, namely because of the weight I've gained, number one. But number two, I feel useless for my son. You know what I'm saying? I feel useless. My boy wants to do something. Dad's too tired. I grew up in a household, dude, where my dad my dad never even played catch with me. He was always tired. He was always working. And I swore I would never do that. And here I am doing that. It's pure hypocrisy. And I'm mad at myself for allowing myself to get this way. So I'm going to try and really do something good and do something about myself. You know, I'm tired of it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm slowly. I commend you, sir. You know, I commend you. And, and you're saying it out loud and putting it out there to the world. That's a huge, massive step, you know, in shifting gears and shifting your own mental status. I think it's fantastic, buddy. Yeah. I, I was at the gym and this monster of a man, uh, who signed me up, who owns the gym here. His name's Dave as well. Okay. Uh, him and I were talking. And one of the things he said, he goes, we'll get you going, man. We'll get you going. You know, you just got to commit to me. He goes, give me six months. And, you know, when you're starting off, like six months seems, my God, can I do this for six months? But then you look at it, you're like, six months is nothing. Six months is absolutely nothing. He goes, I could have you down 45 pounds in six months, working out three days a week. And he goes, but it's mostly diet. Just watch what you're eating. You know, and we went over a few things. I'm probably going to end up doing a hybrid between the meat eaters and the keto diet, you know, just to get things going. And then I'm really excited about it, man. I'm really excited. I want to have energy again. You know, I want to have energy. I want to, I just want to feel life. Yeah. You know, no, like, the last time you and I have talked the past few times, it's definitely a new Dave. I'm loving this new energy. I think you're going to find success with all of this. You bud. have to. It's, an, it's a new thing for you. Well, I'm, great. I'm, in the end, I'm doing it for my son, but I'm doing it for my grandchild who isn't born yet. Okay. Yeah. My, my little Jasper who isn't born yet. And I'm doing it for me. In the end, I can do it for everybody else, but I have to do it for me. You know what I'm saying? I have to do it. And, you know, I'm like everybody else out there, okay, where I have excuse after excuse after excuse. I'm a procrastinator. I'm lazy. And I'm tired. But look at how good things work out when you do it. Look at that haircut. Dude, it looks fantastic. Well, I'm trying. poster perfect. Yeah. So. Looking tight. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. (laughs) You know. 
So we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. And uh, it's time for Dave to lose some weight. It's time for Dave to get in shape. And it's time for Dave to think about Dave for the first time in a long time. And that's that's, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. I want to look like you when I get 50. You know, in shape. Bald and angry. Well, <laughs> and uptight. Well, I mean, you'll never have hair as nice as me, but nonetheless, you know, and thank you for letting me talk about that because it is a tough subject to talk about. It really is. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I have no problem talking about my depression and anxiety, but I have a real tough problem discussing my own health problems, which are being caused by my weight right now. So I'm doing some about it. All right, let's get yeah. going here. For sure. First topic of the night. Avi Loeb making some noise out of Harvard. Talking about UFOs over the Ukraine. What's going on here? That's right. And so recently, Harvard's top alien hunting astronomer has an explanation for UFOs spotted over the Ukraine recently. And so Avi Loeb, who leads a team of scientists looking for evidence of alien technology for Harvard, has reasoned that scientists observed artillery shells. So the artillery shells is what he is saying is what was being spotted in some of these quote-unquote UAP videos. So in September, Ukrainian astronomers published a report detailing what they thought were unexplained aerial phenomenon, or UAPs, flying above the war-torn region. Now, alien-hunting Harvard astronomer, astronomer Avi Loeb has weighed in on science out of Kiev with a paper posted online Wednesday and found a down-to-earth explanation for the puzzling observations, which the Ukrainians had attributed to the so-called phantom UAPs. And so continuing on with this, everything had changed um, when Sean Kirkpatrick, the newly appointed head of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anom- Anomaly Resolution Office, or Arrow, showed up at Loeb's home and said he asked him to look into the phenom- phenomenon of UAPs. And so, according to Loeb, Kirkpatrick didn't mention the Kiev report specifically, but Loeb recalled it later that evening and decided to work through it observations in the morning and within an hour he concluded that they got the distance to their dark objects wrong by a factor of 10 which he said were written up in part of his observations on the medium he further goes on to explain that he believes that some of this can be explained as not possibly the uap and it must be these objects because they didn't burn up when they were entering our atmosphere And so this might be frustrating to some UAP observers that know that this object or these UAP observations don't typically move in uh, normal observable ways and so may not necessarily burn up in the atmosphere. And so a lot of skeptics have come forward. Obviously, people like uh, Avi have a pretty strong opinion on this. Dave, this feels kind of like... um, we're experiencing something along the lines of, oh, I don't want to say it. Oh, say it. Out loud. Say but, it out loud. Um, well, you know how Jail and Hynek explain things off as swamp gas. 
back in in the day. And it looks kind of like that once again, we have the men in black, quote unquote, going and looking for explanations. And this time we know who the men in black are, but um, they're looking for something mundane and they're going to our top scientists to have an explanation. And within an hour, he was able to explain this off as something mundane. Um, What are your thoughts? There were quite a few videos that surfaced and they weren't all of dark objects. Some of them were. I'm wondering how deeply Avi looked into this. And also, Dave, wasn't one of the platforms that Avi came out saying that he wasn't going to use any data brought forth, only his own that he was going to research? Well, I mean, let's face it. The popularity of Avi Loeb right now has quadrupled. And when you start to get into that level of of people wanting your attention as a UFO expert. And that's what they're calling them, a UFO expert. They are going to put a lot of pressure on you. You're going to have to come up with answers. And you're going to have to potentially do them quickly. And I think Avi Loeb, you know, is someone who's very data-focused. And I think he is somebody to trust on that. However, let's also take a look here, Tim, that Avi Loeb has also caught the attention of the U.S. government, who is trying to control this this phenomena and the publication of this phenomena, as we have discussed numerous times over this over this course of the last few months. And it worries me that maybe he is being tainted by this. This is why I brought up a lot of questions into why government officials or government scientists were being added to the Galileo project. And the minute, and and this is nothing against Lou Elizondo or Chris Mellon, but the minute I heard that Chris Mellon and Lou Elizondo were going to be a part of the Galileo project, I immediately knew that there was going to be cover-ups. Now, I'm not saying this is covering up what's happening in the Ukraine. There have been UFOs for decades seen over war-torn areas. I have a friend of mine who served in Afghanistan in 91 who watched a black triangle hover over his unit. We know of UFOs uh, getting really close to B-52 bombers during Vietnam. We know the Foo Fighters that took place in World War II and in Korea. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything that we should be a little bit shocked by. Of course, if there is a a world uh, of war going on over in Northeastern Europe, we're going to see this happening. These UFOs, whoever they are, wherever they come from, maybe they're just having a bunch of television cameras because we are the greatest reality TV show in the universe. Right. We really are. Very briefly, for me just to interrupt you very, very briefly, I I found my frustration with this article from Vice in particular, or at least from Avi Loeb's response or how this played out frustrating and the reason i did was because we have a representative from our government from arrow coming 
and sitting down in the morning or yeah, in the morning, showed up at Avi Loeb's home and asked him to look into the phenomenon, the phenomenon, phenomenon. I don't know why I can't say that today. Phenomenon of UAPs. And um, although Kirkpatrick didn't mention the Kiev report specifically, Loeb decided to cite this report and then debunk it. Well, let's let's continue on with this. I think this one needs a little bit more discussion. Tim Senor is here with the UFO report. We're going to continue on with UFOs over Ukraine. Avi Loeb from Harvard debunking this story quickly, a little too quickly, on Spaced Out Radio. Tim, because you're bald, you get two hairs from what I trimmed. You get two. One on the top and one on the bottom. Whatever you feel is fully correct. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I love it. You're revamping your lifestyle. That is massive. I'm trying massive. It's going to be hard. Okay, I'm not saying yeah. it's going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Right. You know, you know, I remember when I quit smoking cigarettes, a big step of it for me was saying it out loud to all my peers, right? I told everybody that I was going to quit smoking so that if anyone ever saw me smoking again, they'd like knock that thing out of my hand and just be like, oh my gosh, you know, like totally disgusted with me. So the fact that you're saying this out loud, you're internalizing it, you've got a plan, you have all of your love and support right here and your family and friends, men, and you've got a plan and you've got well, a trainer. Forget about it. Well, that's, I those mean, are, oh, that's all success. Like, dude. like I said, I mean, I'm, it's going to be hard. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. Uh, there's right. a lot of bad habits that I got to get out of here mentally, you know, but, uh, dude, I'm tired of waking up sore. Like I get off this chair. I'm sore. You know, like all my joints. No, I remember hanging out with you and that was like a big thing, you know, like that we talked about. So I yeah. think it's great, you know, and yeah. it's just, <sighs> public publicity, change, let me tell you something. I was very, I'll let, I'll let you guys in on this and, and Tim knows about this. I was very, very embarrassed with the way I looked in the the tours I did this year in San Francisco, in Las Vegas, in uh, Denver, Denver. Okay. And then back to Las Vegas, I was embarrassed for myself, especially Shouldn't have I, been though. No, but you know what? <clears throat> to me, I look like a fat slob. Okay, that's You're how... the only person that thinks that, though, bud. You no, aren't perceived that, that way by anyone else, just so you know. I understand that, and I can appreciate yeah. that. Okay? Yeah. But you weren't there when I was struggling to put my dress pants on. Okay? You weren't there when, you know, um, my shirt... I brought three different shirts, and two of them were too tight. Okay? Which fit me a year ago perfectly. Right, right. All right. That's where I did it. That's where I I I was embarrassed for myself. Okay. Um and I just I wanted to start looking a little bit more professional, a little bit more healthy. 
You know, like, what do I do if a, I, I don't want, if a, let's say a television gig ever popped up, I don't want to be the fat guy on camera. Okay. And there is something, and you know this, there is something that I am working on up here. Whether it ever goes or not, I don't know. Right? But I just didn't want to be the fat guy. You know, I'm. It bothers me to, to say that, you know? And <laughs> there's a lot more. There's a lot more to it. You know, it, it goes back to. You know, when all the years I was bullied as, as uh, you know, as a kid or as, and more so as an adult, all the years I was bullied as being the chunky guy. I never thought I was chunky. Like when I was 225 pounds, even 230, I thought I was stocky, you know, because I still had some strength to me. But dude, like I struggle to pick up a two by four right now. I should be able to bench press a two by four 200 times and my arms not even get tired. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm tired of walking up my stairs and gasping for air because I'm so out of shape. And that this is, you know, these are true stories that people, people don't know. Right. But Dave, let's not forget what you have done you know, the fact that you haven't been able to work on your body, it's because you've been working hard on your family and this, you know, your work and this radio station. So, you know, let's not kick ourselves too hard. Now you need to focus back on your body and get your health motivated. If I was motivated, how much further ahead would this radio show be? Hey, man, you know, less sleep. If you don't need as much sleep, you can get more done. That's no, for it, sure. It, it, it isn't just about I burn the candle at both ends, but I'm getting a ton <laughs> done, as you know. <clears throat> and I'm tired of having a dry freaking cough. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. <clears throat> Gonna have to edit that out. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really appreciate it. Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We're going to continue on with the UFO report. Tim Senor getting into it about UFOs in Ukraine and Harvard's Avi Loeb taking about an hour or so to debunk all the videos that the Ukrainian military had worked days and weeks on trying to figure out and identify. They couldn't identify him anything more than unidentified aerial phenomena, but Avi Loeb, within an hour, goes all Neil deGrasse Tyson and says it's swamp gas. Seriously, Tim, break it on down. 
Well, I hope, and this is just me hoping because I don't know the situation, but I hope that it was an off-the-cuff response to being put under pressure and not really wanting to have to give a response. And maybe he just took this case and was like, here's one I can debunk. Perhaps. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Doing your best work from home is not easy when you don't have the right space. California Closets will help you create a custom solution that works for you, your family, and your life. Whether it's a small space, shared space, multifunctional space, or kids space, our professional design consultants will help you get organized and make your space one that works better for you. Now you can love where you live and work. Schedule your free in-home or virtual design consultation today at californiaclosets.com. But, um, you know, for somebody that's looking for answers, it's tough because there aren't any, right? And so if this guy's out there from Arrow expecting answers from Avi, he may not get them. And so he may get, you know, the McWest version where it's swamp gas. And so, again, I feel like this was the same kind of thing that, you know, unfortunately we remembered Jalen Hynek for, where there were a lot of cases he couldn't debunk. And so let's hope that Project, you know, the Galileo project moving forward has cases that it itself comes across that it can't debunk because I know that there's evidence out there. I know it. Um, and so hopefully they discover it. It's a little frustrating though, for them to debunk that video so quickly. Uh, and that was really, I think kind of my biggest red flag when I heard this story was just how quickly it was debunked. <laughs> Dave is coughing, audience. Back to you, Dave. Yeah, that's always a good thing to tell the radio audience. Thank you. And I'm, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'm so sorry. That, was, that, that was the that's pause very podcast there. of you. Very podcast <laughs> of you. That's I had to what, give them the play by play. Well, that what you need to do. He's there, now grinning. What you need he's to now do waving a finger at me. Is, Dave, sit down. Oh no, he's got a shotgun. Oh, Dave, no. That was for the radio audience. He yeah. didn't actually. No, what I need you to do in that point is actually keep talking, you weirdo. <laughs> I know, but I was going to bounce it back to you, and then you started. I, I know, with, you know so. I know, I know. Thank goodness for a cough button. But nonetheless, you know, the cough button. Here, here is here is my concern about it. How do you do it in an hour? You know, you may get some. What footage were you looking at? You know, good point. This is what I want to know. What footage were you looking at? What? what mm-hmm. And no offense to Avi Loeb, but what makes him an expert? Okay, so you brought up really great stuff right there. So what did he get, you know, what was he made privy to that he was so able to make this decision so quickly? He's not a military, and- but here's the thing, Tim. He's not a military guy. He's not even a UFO guy. The only thing that conclusively we can say about Avi Loeb is that he has a keen interest in this subject 
after believing the data shown on Oumuamua in 2017 could have been an alien craft passing through Earth or our solar system and right past Earth because it was not behaving like any other asteroid, any other space dust, any other rock flying in the in the space. It acted differently. And That's all do you think, we know about him. And, and so also, do you think that he, since he's collaborating with people that have high security clearances, that he's been granted security clearance, so he's potentially able to be made privy to security sensitive information tim i would trust any ufologist in our field to either confirm or debunk those videos over avi Loeb. that isn't a shot at avi Loeb, but seriously who the hell are you we only know you as Oumuamua guy and Galileo Project guy because you want to learn more. Okay? You want to learn scientific data. Here's what I think happened. They go to Avi Loeb. Avi Loeb turns the videos over to his spook friends within Galileo Project who take a look at the videos and says, that's missiles. Those are mortars. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. And before they've even studied them, they're like, yeah, we've seen this before. That's missiles. That's mortars. Those are rockets. Those are flares. That's how it happened. Loeb didn't know. Unless, once again, Tim, we talk about... I'm going to get frustrated here for a second, okay? And please forgive me. But I'm going to get frustrated. Unless he is tapped right in, like a Jacques Vallée, who's playing both sides, or a Travis Taylor that is playing both sides, or a Lou Elizondo that is playing both sides, okay? He's not going to know what that is. He's not a UFO guy. I would trust, okay, give me third phase of Moon. Give me uh, Rich Giordano. Give me... Uh, Steve Cambia, give me uh, Christina Gomez, give me Jimmy Church, give me somebody, Linda Moulton Howe, Richard Dolan, Science Bob, Grant Cameron, Nicole Sackage, bunch of names right there. I trust their opinion on what is a UFO in the sky, okay? What about Mark D'Antonio from MUFON? Why would you not contact Mark D'Antonio, who is a literal expert in this, he is an expert. We have very few experts in this field. If there is, and, and I know everybody says there are no experts, and normally I agree with that, okay? But Mark D'Antonio is one of the quickest ways to debunk or to give the thumbs up on a video. Mark D'Antonio does all of MUFON's videos. Good call. Why would you go to Avi Loeb why? Because he's popular. Okay? He doesn't know a UFO from a potato bag, potato chip bag. Seriously, it upsets me. It does. Because people want to believe. And I believe the Ukrainian government 
and what their defense ministry is saying over what Avi Loeb is saying, because we know there's a cover-up happening over here. We know that. And we know they're sticking it to the public over here. And there's nothing we can do about that. Nothing. Sorry. Yep. No, no, you know, and I, I am a huge supporter of Galileo Project, and I love the fact that Harvard, um, you know, has incorporated students and into the project, and I, I expected and hoped for transparency and some sort of interesting project. Um, but really, I've seen very little, and this was extremely frustrating. And Dave, I have to say, as as much support as I've given publicly to that project, I'm liking everything I'm hearing you say right now. And it's not that I'm opposing everything that that project is working for. I just have yet to see anything. And what I have seen so far was a very skeptical debunker come forward with something very quickly from potentially a skewed uh, group of people. And it may not have come from just him, like you're saying. I think that is a fantastic point that I hadn't even considered. So, um, But it's obvious, Tim. And and then the UFO world here wonders why all the time we get screwed over. All right? We get screwed. And it sucks, Tim. It really, really sucks. It really does. Okay. It kind of shifts us nicely into our next story if you want to get into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right? Because this is completely the other side of the coin where Ben Hansen has breaking news and a breaking story that since about, I think he said, October 18th, they've been recording all kinds of UAP from up to, so far, 15 commercial, independent, and um, I think he'd said that they were ex-military pilots that are reporting UAP coming from uh, the Channel Islands. And so, again, we're seeing Catalina Islands Sorry. So again, you know, we're seeing these reports coming out and not only that, they have radar, radar reports. Um, They have lots of different video from lots of different pilots, which I think is massive. And they're all reporting the same phenomenon. And what I also find incredibly interesting is that it is coming from a certain part of the sky. And so they're able to actually all navigate to where they're coordinating their look and they're all seeing it not only at the same time, but over a period of days and up until right now, as far as like right now, they are still reporting this happening in the Catalina islands. And so it started off with, and I will just briefly read the report here from Ben Hansen. And um, I can put a link to the video that he produced with all of the incredible data and video and reports that he's put together all into one. And so this is as current as the 6th of October, 2022. UFOs now dubbed the racetrack UAPs have now been reported by dozens of pilots from upwards of 15 different commercial flights in August and September 
of 2022. So I stand corrected, August, as far back as August 18th. So uh, from off the coast of Japan to Midwestern U.S., we provide a detailed breakdown of the intensely bright UFOs that are described as revolving in a circular pattern. New videos from Hawaiian Airlines flights, Southwest flights, and private Gulfstream 650 flight are presented and different theories are discussed. For those only wanting to see blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I will put a link to Ben's video in the chat here at some point. And just to describe it, it's a bunch of cockpit video shot with iPhones, and it is basically the horizon in, in a, a few of them, okay? But like I said, there are multiple in a few of them. Uh, you can actually see what just appear to be white lights, sometimes in pairs and sometimes in a group of three, kind of rotating off into the distance. And so some people thought that they were actually reoccurring and coming back up to the top because although they weren't timed out properly in any pattern, it did seem like they potentially re were reoccurring. And so it's extremely good case um, and very compelling video that is ongoing. And so Dave, I'm pretty excited as you can tell about this case. I think it's pretty massive. And I know Ben Hansen as a longtime researcher um, is also extremely excited about this case. Well, we and I'll just and before I throw it to you, yeah, I feel like the reason that Ben is also really wanting to get this out there, and I'll quote him here, is because he believes that independent public cases should get equal play and considered equally important as the military Agreed. reports that we're receiving in Congress. Agreed. And Ben has been on that on that uh, soapbox stand for a while, saying we we need to get the public's uh, sightings rating just as high as the military. Good on him for doing that. Ben Hansen Agreed. also has a great head of thick hair. You know, good guy. <laughs> he does. Good guy. You know, he entered one of our private chat rooms uh, he was invited into, and the first comment I made, Ben, your hair looks fantastic. Just fantastic. <laughs> he was like, thank you, sir. Yeah. Nice guy. Yeah. Very nice guy. Very humble guy. If you ever get to meet him, very humble guy. I really like him. I, I met him once in Vancouver in 2015. Really good dude. And anyways, the point that I'm getting at is this. This whole Catalina Island thing is screwed up. There is something major going on in there, whether it's a, a portals opening or different dimensions or whatever. But they got something hot over there, and they need to study that. It isn't just about the United States Navy or the Marine Corps. You know, like you were saying, the reports say this. And I just happened last weekend to be watching Ben's television show with Melinda or with Melissa Tittle. And they were yeah. at Catalina Island going over reports from boats to people flying their own airplanes uh, to everything that's going on in that area. And Ben has targeted that area. I mean, no, no offense to Ben. It's a pretty easy target. It really is. All right. But he's taken it a step further. And that is he is focused on the public's version of what the public is seeing at Catalina Island. And in between that, that Los Angeles, uh, San Diego, Catalina Island triangle that seems to be having a lot of these reports. And we need those. 
We definitely need those. And and we need to get back to personal ufology. Not military ufology, personal ufology. And I love that about Ben that he is doing that. And the fact that he has taken it a step further and calling it the racetrack and it has got 15 different reports, I think within a year, that's doubled or tripled. I really do, if he continues on it. And being the former FBI investigator that he is, I would hope that he will continue to do that. You're on mute, Tim. Very rookie mistake on my part. I apologize for that. But I'll tell you what, one important fact to highlight in this report is that one of the pilots reported it three separate times Mm -hmm. on his commercial flight going back and forth between Hawaii or Japan or Hawaii, you know, vice versa. And so the same pilot is seeing it from the same area. And quite interestingly, um, I had written it down, the constellation of Big Dipper. It's coming from the lower right-hand corner star called Merrick. Mm-hmm. And Merak, okay, M-E-R-A-K. And he was able to coordinate other pilots to that direction. And not only that, but each on his returning flights, when he was seeing it again, it was coming from that same area right by Merak. I find that extremely interesting and potentially there's something to that. Does that kind of give you any instinctual thoughts there on why it might be coming from that area or could it be not related to that at all? It's so tough to say, dude. It really is so tough to say on whether there it's a coincidence or whether it is something happening. Look, we know there is stuff coming in that area. We know. And I got to stick with my point, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, that there is some sort of portal or dimensional opening in that area. Why do or do they keep choosing that area? I mean, hey, Maybe they use navigation like we do, okay, which is we use all the major highways instead of the back roads. Maybe that Catalina Island area is a UFO highway. Well, see, you know, let me just very briefly bring up something that you and I know as a fact, that our own government tests things out against our unwitting military. Yes. We know that. Well, let's tell that story. Let's tell that story first, because we were told by a former Area 51 employee that people who live in Los Angeles and in downtown Las Vegas have no idea how many faux faux bombing run tests have been done by stealth aircraft on those cities to see if they trigger the military bases around to come after them. You could be walking in downtown Vancouver or, or pardon me, downtown Las Vegas, right along the Las Vegas Boulevard with a million other people. And you wouldn't even know that a stealth aircraft that is being tested out is flying over you and has you on missile lock because Nellis air force range rarely figures it out. And let's be clear on what kind of stealth we're talking about. Not just radar stealth. We're talking about silent 
and not visible, really. Bingo. Stealth. So, to the naked eye sort of thing. Interesting stuff, but um, it leads me back to this case being very compelling and also kind of pushing, you know, the whole private sector forward. I mean, Ben is a great representative for the private sector pushing this story. I mean, he's collated this very well, I would have to say. And it's ongoing. And so he's still collecting more. And so we're going to see, like you said, this case just get bigger and bigger. Absolutely. Tim, we ran out of time, man. We did, buddy. It's been fun. I I can't believe it. I thought we had time for one more story with you tonight, but we'll have to save it for for next time. And uh, it's always a pleasure to have you here as our UFO uh, report dude. Tim Senor, we, we call him little Timmy Senor around here, and he does a good job at, at keeping us very much uh, up to date, and he sure knows how to inflame my anger towards everything. Thanks, Tim. That's why I'm really appreciate here. it. Thank you for learning about my cough button. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been a fun run tonight, Tim Senor. Thanks for having me, you guys. Swamp Dweller. Our Keith Andrews, what a night of great radio tonight on the Mighty SOR. We got Mr. Ron Bubblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bubblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio, rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Spreaker, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. I'm Jeannie, and this is my life with California Closets. I have two girls. We've been just trying to build our dream home. We had this really awkward bonus space. I just didn't know what to do with it. (sighs) California Closets came in, and they created something out of nothing. My girls hang out there a lot while I'm doing my laundry. They're there playing. (laughs) 
I love that I have a space now that I can create lasting memories as a family. Schedule your free design consultation today at californiaclosets.com.